Praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us tonight. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 3. I'll be reading verses 17 through 19. We have been, in our series, your problem may be that you don't know the love of God, and we're going to deal with that a little bit tonight. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the word today, and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives and in the hearts of your children. I ask you, Lord, that every word that I speak shall find the field of planting. And that planting shall bring forth a harvest in the lives of those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people says. Amen. You can actually be rooted and grounded in God's love. In your life, you can be in the place that you understand and comprehend the breadth, length, depth, and height of God's love. So that it fills you with all the fullness of God. What an awesome revelation is that. This is probably one of the greatest promises in all of the word of God. And we have covered some wonderful and marvelous things concerning the love that God has for us. But the difficult thing, especially in the realm of the church, is trying to get people to understand and to grasp his love. Because most of God's people think that they already know about his love and surmise that God loves them. They already think that they already know there is, that there's everything to know about the love of God. But here's reality. And here are the facts. They do not know the love of God, nor the depth, length, heights, and breadth of that love. And the reason that I can make such a bold statement is because of the way that they think. The Word of God states that as a man so thinketh in his heart, so he is. And the thing that shows that they do not know the love of God is in their actions. The Word of God is clear. If you have experienced the love of God, you will be filled with the fullness of God. If there's a lack of of fullness in your life, then the reason that there's a lack of, then the reason is because there's a lack of understanding concerning his kind of love. Ask yourself this question. Where are the deficits in your life? Take a look at your life and see where the deficits are. Why are the deficits there? because there's a lack of understanding concerning his love in whatever area that it might be. I mean, this is not condemnation, and I'm not trying to bring condemnation on anybody, but this is an awesome revelation. The scripture is plain. In order to be filled with all the fullness of God, the scripture tells us that we are to understand his love to the breadth, length, depth, and height. Ephesians 3.19 again. 
and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. What fills you with the fullness of God is for you to understand and to know the love of Christ to its breadth, to its length, to its depth, and to its height. This is what the Word of God states to you and I as children of God. And yet there's a great problem within the church. Very few of God's children are walking in this promise. And the reason is because our definition of love is totally different from God's definition of love. Our exposure and our experience of love is not in line with God's kind of love. And it does not communicate the truth within us that makes us free. You know, I said this in a previous broadcast, and I said that we need to redefine our definition of love. We need to redefine our definition of love so that it lines up with God's kind of love. So that we can go to the lengths, breadths, depths, and heights of God's love. And that will bring us to the place where his love passes beyond our knowledge. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, 13, and 14, are the chapters that are relating to the gifts of the Spirit. And chapter 13 specifically is known as the love chapter. Now, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13 simply because I want us to hear it and hear how Paul writes it and defines it. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Now that word charity is interpreted in the Greek agape. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not agape love, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not agape love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not agape love, it profiteth me nothing. Agape love suffereth long and is kind. Agape love envieth not. Agape love vaulteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Agape love never fails. But whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as I also am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, 
these three, and the greatest of these is charity, agape love. Now, this is what I used to believe. I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. The gifts of the Spirit are, in fact, calling us today, but there's a higher calling. And that higher calling is love. And it supersedes the gifts, and that theology is present in many today in the church. But what I just quoted to you, that is not what the Scripture is saying. So what is the Scripture really saying? What the scriptures are telling us is that in order for the gifts of the Spirit to operate efficiently and in the fullness of the Spirit, then the gifts must operate in agape love, God's kind of love. Chapters 12 and 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul is relating all of the abuses and the misuses of the gifts of the Spirit. And what Paul is saying is that there is nothing wrong with the gifts. It's the abuse of the gifts that's the problem. And the reason that they're being abused is because they're not operating in agape love, God's, God's kind of love. They're operating in the flesh. They're operating in man's kind of love. They're being used for self-advancement, and they're being used for argument. Paul is saying for the gifts to operate the way that they are supposed to operate, they have to operate in God's kind of love, which is agape love. That is the message of chapter 13. Chapter 13 deals in love, but is specifically speaking about God's kind of love, and that is agape love. And it's defined in the King James as charity. In other, in other versions, it's also defined as love, and I agree with that, but it does not separate the word to define what it really means. The word charity is a great word also, but it does not define what it really means, just as love in other versions does not define what love implies. When we hear the word charity today, we would automatically think of Salvation Army, Samaritan's Purse, or even Operation Compassion, or even Rock Solid Truth. So what does charity really mean? It means a brotherly love that spurs you to action. I'll say that again. What does agape love really mean? It means a brotherly love that spurs you to action. His love is a love that sticketh closer than a brother. This kind of love is so great that you cannot just express yourself. It brings you to action. You're, this kind of love, you cannot just express it. It brings you to action. It makes such an impact on you that it brings you to action. And that's exactly what the love of God did when he sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It spurred him to action to the cross. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. So I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, agape love. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. What an awesome scripture. 
It's the love of God. It's the agape love of God that makes the gifts of tongues fruitful and effective in the life of the child of God. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains and have not agape love or charity, I am nothing. The gift of prophecy that the Word of God tells us to covet, to know all knowledge, to have all faith that I could remove mountains without God's kind of love, and then the Word of God tells you, if you don't have agape love, you're nothing. What a powerful word. And though I bestow all of my gifts to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not agape love, it profiteth me nothing. Without the love of God flowing through you, the actions, it profits you nothing to do the actions. What is this love? It's the bond of perfectness. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. And above all these things put on charity, or agape love, which is the bond of perfectness. That word bond in the Greek is syndesmos, and it means the cement or the mortar that holds everything together. When you look at a brick building, it's not the bricks that's the strength of that building. It's the mortar that binds those bricks together. Stack those bricks one on another, and they will easily fall over. Stack them side by side, and they can withstand no pressure. But the mortar that holds them together, that cements them together, holds them together securely. It's the mortar that holds the building together, the same as the same as it is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the chief cornerstone. Ephesians chapter two, verse twenty, and are built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an inhabitation of God through the Spirit. Why must we put on this love? Why must we put on his love? Because it's the bond of perfectness. Why must we build together in love for the habitation of God through the Spirit? Because he's love. Because he's love. There are many things that we need to do as children of God. But we need to understand that it is love that holds them all together. I'll say it again. There are many things that we need to do as children of God, but what we need to understand and comprehend is that what holds everything together is his love. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. I've already read it, but let's read it again. Agape love suffereth long and is kind. Agape love envieth not. Agape love bolteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, 
endure all things. Because agape love never fails. But whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there shall be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The word of God is showing you God's kind of love. And it's also showing you how his love should be manifesting itself through you. But also let me show you that this is the way that God's kind of love is expressed by God to you. You see, for the most part, when we speak about love, we're speaking about how the love of God is expressed and manifested towards others through us. And we never see that God is telling us that this is the way that his love is expressed from him to us. Let me say that again. For the most part, when we speak about love, we're speaking about how the love of God is expressed and manifested towards others through us. And we never see that God is telling us that this is exactly the same way that his love is expressed from him to us. When God tells us to forgive someone 70 times 7, we never grasp that he is telling us that he forgives us 70 times 7. We know that we are we know that we are to forgive over and over again, but somehow we do not think that God will forgive us over and over and over again. The same standard that God has set for us to deal with others with his love is the same standard that he has set for us because he is love. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you today for such a great message today. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of your children, and thank you, Lord, for this word finding a place of planning in the hearts and the minds of those that have come to hear tonight. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory. This is D.K. Groom with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God, and I guarantee you, he will surely go with you.